The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Christian Kirk, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Folks, welcome back for the week 10 edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert. Uh, we got a lot of names to cover today, so let's get right to it. We have to start trading with more intention. We have to become more deliberate. We have to become uh, more mindful as we trade with intention here down the stretch. Most of this season has been about being opportunistic on the trade market, which of of course continues to still be, you know, an overarching theme. Uh, but we have limited time here, folks. We have some trade deadlines beginning to drop uh, on November 19th. We have some others dropping on November 26th. Most trade deadlines will have expired by that 26th, the weekend of the 26th, uh, we have an early Thanksgiving this year, Thursday the 24th, uh, so with holidays uh, convoluting uh, everybody's schedules down the, kind of uh, down the stretch here a little bit in terms of the trade market, I think realistically that gives us a couple of weeks to execute on the trade market to fill precise needs and to prepare our rosters as best we can through the trade market for the playoffs. So uh, more than likely, next week's episode will be the final episode of this season's uh, series of the rosterwatch.com tradecast. It's probably be difficult to get one of these out uh, right before Thanksgiving uh, so, uh, you know, look, y- you're really going to have, this is when we can start to overpay a little bit. A lot of times we say, look, you can, you, it, it's a buy, but not a must buy or a sell, but not a must sell. We have to ramp that urgency up a little bit, um, at this, uh, juncture in the season. So let's go ahead and press forward today. I mean, I have a lot of names here. I have them roughly categorized how, you know, how I view them as sells or buys, um, but I think generally speaking, we're just going to cover a lot of names and understand kind of what their situation uh, is moving forward here rest of the season. Let's begin with Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver in San Francisco. Let's see, fantasy points per game on the season 
in half point PPR. Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver 25. Um, has actually been a, a pretty nice player so far on the season. Uh, let's see here. His recent, uh, again, I'm using all the tools, all the pro tools over at rosterwatch.com. We're going to just buzz through all these guys live. We're going to see how many we can get to um, in the next hour of this episode. Coming off of a bye, coming off of three double-digit point performances in a row, I mean, hell, Ayuk was averaging about 17 points a game the the last three months because the bye was a blank. So his last three outings plus the bye, um, really, really good. Of course, we saw uh, the emergence of Christian McCaffrey in the 49er offense. And um, we have George Kittles kind of emerging back to close to his old usual, you know, his his old uh, usual role that we got accustomed to a few years ago. And then, of course, Debo Samuel been out unhealthy a little bit the last few weeks. Looks like he's ready to return. Really, Debo is the one who's taken the big hit in the offense this year. We really thought getting Jimmy G back would uh, kind of enhance Debo's situation, but now you've had the Christian McCaffrey arrival come in. You think might mitigate some of it, and you know the fact is Ayuk's been um, pretty involved. Uh, that said, I think Ayuk at this point is you know you're going to have to give up some decent guys to get uh, some good guys, and you know the mandate at this point as we so let's talk a little bit big picture doesn't do us a whole lot of good to enter the fantasy playoffs with a ton of really good players on our bench. Um, the mandate begins to become front-loading your roster with as much player equity in the starting lineup uh, as possible. That means that even if we have to quote-unquote overpay, taking some of our really good bench players and consolidating them to go after uh, you know, uh, superior players, uh, we have to consider doing that at this point. Uh, of course, we need to be mindful of winning, of winning every week right now. Um, there still are some buys ahead. So if you're not a team that has the luxury to navigate, if you're thin, uh, then you may just be very focused on specific needs to win right now. I mean, those are the kind of the two mandates. Win right now and simultaneously uh, prepare for the playoffs if you're in position uh, to do so. I think Ayuk is a good player. Uh, to package up and attempt to do that with, let's see, San Francisco here. San Francisco, it's a middling matchup this week at home against the Chargers. Uh, Looks like any number of 49ers players could have a pretty good game in this one. So I don't know. I think what you were riding a pretty big wave on Brandon Ayuk, a little bit out of sight, out of mind with the bye the last week, but still pretty good profile to sell at this point. Um, if you're looking to upgrade to a premier player in your league, I would consider parting ways with Brandon Ayuk as part of a package deal. Christian Kirk of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Christian Kirk uh, started off hot, cooled off a little bit, as did the entire Jaguars team through kind of this middle portion of the season. We did see Kirk bounce back last week, 75% snap count. Uh, still way, that's well behind. Zay Jones at a 94 snap count, percent snap count, more than Marvin Jones though. So nine targets led the team, 76 yards, and a touchdown for Christian Kirk. Uh, let's see where he is on the season. Half point PPR points per game. Christian Kirk, wide receiver, 17. I mean that's probably pretty representative of of, of who he's going to be this season. I think that's not an unfair value kind of on the aggregate and we've seen that it's been an ebb and a flow between a bunch of like five six point games and then he's had a handful of you know a couple of 15 20 point games uh along the way uh christian kirk coming off a 17.6 point game at las vegas this week he is at the chiefs uh i think people are if you're trying again you know this might be a situation where you want to play him because you need a win and he's got a good uh, matchup against Kansas City. It's a number nine matchup of the week and one of the highest game totals on, of the week on the road. Big underdogs at Kansas City in a 50.5 point game total. Uh, clearly, this means that Kirk could, could get quite a bit of run. That said, we have to have like some foresight. We have to trade uh, with some foresight here. He has a buy in week 11. So, And you never know when he might drop off. I mean, 
after week three, it was, you know, from week four through week eight, four out of five games were like unremarkable, you know, games, five, six points. You could have gotten guys off the waiver wire that had more value than Christian Kirk. So that was a bad swoon. That could happen anytime. He's got a buy coming. We don't have a whole lot of time left here. We have to trade with urgency. Christian Kirk, is that a guy you really want to rely on in your fantasy playoffs? If you have the luxury to move Christian Kirk this week while he's riding high on a 17-point game in Week 9 and a juicy matchup uh, here in on the horizon in Week 10 at Kansas City, I really think you can sell him for a good player. You can fade that uh, Week 11 by, and you can be in position uh, – with a better roster for the playoffs, a stronger player that you could turn Kirk and another asset on your roster into. Of course, like we said, if you need a win this week, Christian Kirk, not a bad guy to get in return in a trade or um, just play if you if you roster him. You know, we're not going out of our way to trade for him, but uh, maybe you're in the liquidation mode because you need a win this week. You need a couple of guys. If Kirk happened to be on the other side of that deal, I think you live with it. You try to get a win this week in a good matchup at Kansas City. But big picture, that's that's really not what we recommend doing with Christian Kirk. Mikola Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster, same matchup. Same matchup. Let's see what the other side of this matchup looks like for Kansas City versus Jacksonville. Same matchup, number seven matchup of the week for wide receivers. Really a great matchup for pretty much everybody in Kansas City. So that could be a bonanza. Kind of pick your poison. Um, look, I mean, Juju's been – Juju and Mikko Hardman both on a little bit of a run here. you got to decide what to do. I mean, they've traded for Kadarius Tony. He got a little involved pretty quickly last week. I know people are hyped about him because he's very, you know, Tyreek Hill-esque. You know, that said, I, personally, I don't know how big of a role he can earn in – short order and these other guys are are playing well but we know early in the season you couldn't really trust the Chiefs wide receiver so the question is I mean we love the offense you love the passing offense but ultimately none of these guys are the number one we know Kelsey is you know it's a little bit of a round robin how much do you want to be bought into these guys Juju Smith-Schuster 83% snap count 12 targets 10 touches 88 yards uh, in in week nine, I mean, and I'm pretty sure, let's look here. Just want to go to his target total. So that's, we, that is, uh, that's not an, that, so that was a little bit of an outlier. He's been mostly an eight target guy on the season, if you really look back. So I think you're riding a little bit high on Juju. I think you try to trade him. I don't, I, I think you try to trade Juju for sure. It's been a nice little run the last three weeks, but the first month of the season was, you know, he could have been dropped in a lot of leagues. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think there's enough data here to say we can really bless Juju Smith-Schuster as the wide receiver, you know, high-end wide receiver too. He's been the last three weeks when we look at the rest of the season. So I'd look to move on from Juju Smith-Schuster. And then I, Miko Hardman, I mean, let's see here. We'll look at the touchdown dependency tool at rosterwatch.com. I'm pretty sure Miko Hardman has been riding very high on touchdowns. 52% touchdown dependency in standard leagues for Miko Hardman. Only a 54% snap count last week, but he was nine targets. I mean, there was a lot of passes to go around. That was a 25 targets between Kelsey and Smith-Schuster last week. Let's see, week seven for Miko Hardman prior to the bye uh, also, 63% snap count, only six targets. Still pretty, you know, one of the target leaders on offense, 60 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he certainly doesn't have the snap counts you can rely on. 45% snap count in week six, 42 yards, three touches, a touchdown. Low snap counts, high touchdown dependency. Sure, he's been performing better, but Miko Hardman was a guy that you had thrown to the hyenas earlier in the season that you felt absolutely, like, you had sworn him off in fantasy for good. Um, I think we need to have that as the context in the background here. Mikol Hardman, a quintessential example of, you know, maybe it may be a burgeoning player, but a guy that you should really should be, if you're smart, trying to sell high on. Uh, I think you can do it uh, right now. Hardman, let's look at Hardman's game log. I mean, this is going to be... Let's see, Miko Hardman, his game log is 18 points, 26 points, 12 points, 10 points. 
I mean, he's been a wide receiver too the last month, and I mean, you simply know that that's not going to uh, continue to be the case. Miko Hardman on the season, wide receiver 33. I don't even think that will be the case. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver 24. I think that's more in line with what you should expect, and meaning that while he's pumping out high-end wide receiver two numbers, you know, he, he really is an example of a sell high. DJ Moore, this is a player we looked at closely last week. I, I mean, I'm really... I really think I'm kind of a little bit regretful we didn't talk about maybe selling DJ Moore a little bit last week. It was the post Christian McCaffrey, post Robbie Anderson trades. I mean, it really looked like DJ Moore could be getting a lot of targets. He'd come off of 22 targets in week seven and week eight, had two biggest games of the season, actually very nice games. So, you know, you start to wonder, is this guy about to go off a little bit because he's about to get soaked in targets? Well, we had the regression in week nine, you know, with with clear hindsight, I think definitely he was a sell high last week. His value took a hit. Um, so maybe we're looking ahead. You know, we're kind of setting the table here for the next few weeks of the season as the trade deadline nears an expiration. So maybe it's not this week. Maybe Moore has a bounce back this week and you sell him. You know, next week, or you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he's still pretty valuable in your league, even you know, despite the poor fantasy performance last week, given the circumstances, the recent big games. You know, there's a lot of DJ Moore absolutists um, out there. Nonetheless, I think you know he's a guy. At least if you're doing deals this week, he's a guy that might have to come into the equation, and um, you know, maybe he could live on both sides. I think you're trying to trade him, just get out of that Panther situation altogether. But I don't know, maybe maybe in your league the pendulum swung all the other way after this three-point performance last week. People are back to thinking this is a, you know, a really disappointing player on the season. If that's the case, I do think there's the element of this guy is going to get a pretty good target share down the stretch. They're starting P.J. Walker again this week, but you know the, the Panthers have options at quarterback. None of them great, but I think guys who can all feed – DJ Moore um, down the stretch. So maybe, I think he's mostly a sell. Maybe in some leagues the pendulum swung all the way back and he's a buy because there is some upside here if you can get him cheap enough. Ultimately, that may mean he's a hold in a lot of leagues. But DJ Moore, a player I expect uh, some activity on in the trade market uh, this week and through the fantasy football trade deadline. Rondale Moore. Let's and let's. I'm sorry, guys. Let's give you guys the matchup here. Carolina, the number one matchup of the week. This is actually the Thursday game at Atlanta. Wide receiver one. So you're not going to have a lot of time to do much with DJ Moore this week. But I think this is a good spot to play him. A good time if you can trade him um, with that number one matchup. And more than anything, I do think that this creates a situation where he's going to be relevant to the trade market here uh, the next few weeks. And that's a good name. That's a good name that has. Some utility out on trade markets. Rondale Moore of the Arizona Cardinals. Another Moore here. It's been a real little breakout for Rondale Moore lately. Kind of predicted, some, you know, somewhat predicted this post Marquise Brown. Of course, New Hopkins has come back just on an absolute tear for the Cardinals. Looks like James Conner is sliding back into the lineup at a pretty good snap count. So they got they're getting some of their guys back. You know, <clears throat> that said, Rondale Moore, eleven points last week, twenty points the week before. You know, finally a couple of, you know, not not good, but at least somewhat respectable games prior to that after an absolute horrible start of the season. I mean, f- four of the last five games, Rondale Moore has eight targets or more. I mean, he has 20, 36, 38 targets. Uh, is that 20, 16, 36, 38 targets in the last five games? So, I mean... You know, he's seven and a half targets a game lately. That's pretty good for Rondell Moore. That includes two 10 target games. He's not living in the end zone. He's had decent production just off of the really kind of PPR guy targets and some yardage. That said, I think I'm the more I look at this, the more I think you should absolutely try to sell Rondell Moore. Um, he's a guy you can live without. I think has some marketability right now. It's unclear when Marquise Hollywood Brown, if and when he's going to return and how much impact that'll have on the fantasy season. You know, that said, without knowing for sure, uh, if and when he returns, Rondell Moore certainly almost becomes a totally 
invaluable player in fantasy. So this is one of these few opportunities on the season where a guy like Moore has value. I think you should try to capitalize on it. Uh, a perfect guy to put in a trade to go after a bigger name this week. Tyler Lockett. Well, let's see. They've got a German game against Tampa this week. Lockett's been awesome. I mean, he's just been awesome. For, I mean, in, in, in relative to how he was drafted, uh, Tyler Lockett. Boy, these podcasts, man. They always I forget how long these things take to cover these players. We're gonna we're gonna cover all the rest of these players in the next forty minutes. Tyler Lockett. Um, he's been awesome. Uh, the matchup with Tampa this week, you know, it's so funny. All of Tampa's matchups are low game total matchups. Now, um, Seattle, it's a middling, middling matchup for Tyler Lockett, uh, who's really just been so good. Um, and but then it's a bye week for Tyler Lockett in Week Eleven. So, nonetheless, if you have him, he's been a good player. And if you need to keep him, that's fine. If you need to play him, that's fine. But I really do think his value has been restored. I mean, he because he is actually good. So you're not. It's not like you're selling high. I think you're just selling a marketable player that's been pretty good, um, and trying to get trying to level up to somebody uh, better. Tyler Lockett. Uh, you know, last two games have been good. The two before that weren't so good. Really, a five to. He's kind of a seven eight target game, a game guy himself here. I do think Tyler Lockett. He's going to be good, but this is a time to. Try to sell him for somebody better. Josh Palmer, boy, this was one of my training camp darlings. You know, some of this, I mean, we got a little bit lucky on it. We're never lucky. We don't want to see any of these guys injured. We love Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, um, and the Chargers have tough time with injuries every year. But we predicted from camp Josh Palmer had ascended clearly to the wide receiver three in that offense. And he looked like a really nice player. The team liked him. Herbert liked him, that he would be fantasy relevant at times. And it's turned out that's been the case somewhat due to injuries. I'm not sure that he would have been able to carve this role had that not happened. But he's shown he's good. He's shown the chemistry. Um, Mike Williams not returning yet. Keenan Allen getting close to returning, but a balky hamstring. I mean, Palmer may get the start all to himself again this week. And, you know, he's coming off a nice performance last week where uh, – Let's see here. Let's go to the snap count touches and target tool over at Roster Watch. Josh Palmer did a number. He did a number last week. Let's see here. Week 9, Josh Palmer. 91% snap count, 10 targets, 106 yards. I'm curious where he is on the season because I think that's probably pretty representative. So only wide receiver 45 on the season. So that gives us some context. He's really not... You know, it hasn't been that good. I think that's representative of probably how he is when these other guys return. Coming off a 15-point game in Week 9, looking to get a start this week. I don't think you're going to have a lot longer to try to capitalize on uh, Josh Palmer's, um, uh, you know, value while it's at its apex, uh, at its pinnacle. And so this would be that opportunity. It won't last much longer. You got to be proactive here, um, otherwise this chance will go poof, and uh, that's a wasted opportunity for you. Jeff Wilson of the Miami Dolphins. Now, I mean, he he kind of stole the show for Raheem Mostert this week. Something we kind of predicted actually on last week's trade cast. We'll talk about Mostert in a minute, but um, you know this is going to be. At what you'd expect it would be a hot hand situation. Uh, you know, I, I'd still expect Mostert to be the lead, but it's unclear at this point. I really think it could be just about either either of them. It's a great matchup this week at home against Cleveland. 48.5 point game total. I actually like both the Dolphins running backs uh, this week in this particular game. But Jeff Wilson coming off the big game, got a little bit of hype as looks like he's slid into the quote-unquote, you know, the pseudo number one spot right off the bat for Miami. I don't think that your league mates are going to uh, be, um, you know, hoodwinked over a Jeff Wilson deal, but I think he has enough value. You can, you can throw him into an offer and uh, he has, you know, uh, he has some value right now. He does have some value right now. Um, 
Let's see here. Tyler Algier of the Atlanta Falcons. He has value right now. It's actually, we were at Falcons training camp. Um, he's come a long way since then. I mean, he was running as the four. You know, looked good, but didn't look as good as like a Damian Williams who was going to have impact this year. But boy, that must have been a terrible rib injury he got on like the first snap of the game in week one. And then Cordero goes down and it took Algier a little while to heat up. Uh, you know, he was a 10 touch a game guy, 10, 12 touch a game that guy there for about a month and did absolutely nothing. But he's ascended to more like 10 to 15 touches in recent weeks. Even this last week, uh, it was only 10. The touches went down to 10 this last week, but it was 99 yards, his best outing of the season with Cordero back in the fold. I think he'll stay in the mix, but, you know, clearly Patterson is a stud. Uh, you got Algier coming off of three double digit point games. He has some value right now. It very easily, that value could totally evaporate. So I think you'd be wise um, to try to capitalize while on it while you can. Uh, he gets the Panthers uh, here on Thursday night. Let's just double check uh, the snap counts. I expect this to change. I think this was Patterson being limited in return. But 39% snap count for Patterson last week. Algier, 38%. 14 touches for Patterson, 11 to Algier. I think you should trade him right now. Um, Patterson is clearly, you know, an elite player that, and the Falcons are kind of good right now. Can you guys believe it? The Atlanta Falcons. I mean, we shall see, but they are tied for first place heading into this Thursday night football game in the NFC South at four and five. Yours truly is about to with another with two more wins. Your truly is going to hit the over on Atlanta Falcons uh, preseason uh, futures game totals. Uh, my bet uh, live from Las Vegas when I was there for. Uh, Raiders training camp uh, this summer. Uh, Miles Sanders, Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this is another excellent player to to shop. You know, he's still got, you know, and a lot of there's still a lot of maybe inflated bias towards Sanders. And the fact he's been pretty good this year, right? He's got a number twelve matchup at home against Washington uh, this week. Uh, Miles Sanders. You know, we know this is a Jalen Hurt. This is a Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith offense. Um, we've said that since we were there at training camp. You know, Sanders has been best when he settled, he settled in exactly what I thought about this 15 to 17, maybe 18 touch per game uh, guy. That's how they're going to use him. That's really, I think, how he's used best. Coming off of three double-digit games in a row, three touchdowns in a row. You know, Miles Sanders really been a pleasant surprise, and I think he's fine the rest of the way. Um, but he's in the end, he's not the centerpiece of this offense. And, um, you know, we have a lot of history with him. And again, it takes, you got to give up a good player to get the really good player. So that makes Miles Sanders like an excellent candidate. We're never going to put him in the elite category, but he's in, he, some people have him in the good to very good category under current circumstances. And that's what you're going to have to give up if you want to go after uh, somebody on the top shelf. Uh, let's see here. I'm curious. Let's just see where. Let's let's see where Miles Sanders is. I want to. We'll go, let's go to the touchdown dependency tool very quickly at rosterwatch.com. This is going to be a view from the standard point of view. 34% touchdown dependent. 17.75 touches a game. 13.2 games. Point, two points per game in standard. It's made him like a high end running back two, low end running back one. Um, yeah, so nice player, but one you can certainly live with uh, trading away if it's for a, a really great player in return um, that beefs up. You know, like we said, well, you want to have a beefy, beefy starting lineup going into the fantasy football playoffs. Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. This might surprise some of you, but that we like to zig when they zag. You have to be a little bit creative, have a little bit of ingenuity here to recognize opportunities that others, you know, don't see. You have to think outside the box. That's how you have an advantage. And, you know, I think a lot of times people just, they don't, they're not very thoughtful. People are knee-jerk, kind of lazy analysts. And a lot of that is intuition and stands to reason and is based in some logic and has some relevancy. But it rarely tells the whole story uh, when you drill uh, down and I think Tony Pollard, he's got Zeke coming back. Ultimately, no matter what anybody wishes or wants, you can't not gonna wish. You're not gonna wish Zeke Elliott out of the picture for Tony Pollard, and we know that was a 60 40 
Zeke Elliott split basically earlier in the season. Maybe that flips based on the recent performance. I I tend to think if it changes, it just goes more to 50-50 here. But, um, you know, people still, people have a lot of bias. Uh, very frothy on Tony Pollard. He had a 35-point game in week eight before the bye in week nine. I mean, he's really been awesome, really quite awesome this season. I mean, let's look at this. Tony Pollard on the season, half-point PPR points per game is running back 22. I think that's right. I mean, maybe he has a little up, up more, a little more upward mobility, but that means he's not an RB1, even if he outperforms Zeke. So why not use him to go get an RB1? Uh, that should be your objective uh, we have the Dallas Cowboys here with a middling matchup at the Green Bay Packers. The number 10 matchup of the week for fantasy running backs. Uh, it could be a decent outing for Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard, I mean, if you here's the other thing. I mean, he's been a 12-14 touch. You know, he's been a 13-touch-per-game guy the last three weeks. But, um, well, at least in rushing attempts. 12-13 rushing attempts per game. Uh but the first half of the season, he was 8-9 rushing attempts per game. We know that's not going to get it done. Let's see what Pollard is here. Tony Pollard, 11.63 touches per game. 2.38 targets per game is what's made that you know quite viable. Not overly touchdown dependent, but a guy who's definitely made big plays and gotten in the end zone. So Pollard, a nice player, but a guy, I mean, the perfect guy to try to go after some a bigger fish with. Uh, that's what we're doing. We're big game uh, hunting at this juncture of the season, or we're filling immediate needs to get a win right now because we still have to get off the playoff bubble. Raheem Mostert, it might be too late because the cat's a little out of the bag, but oftentimes we're reminded we're a week early here on this podcast because we're looking under the hood so closely a lot of times. Um, Mostert with a down game last week. Uh, Jeff Wilson right out of the box. You know, made it look like a split time or stole a little bit of the thunder, which is exactly what we predicted. You know, we said last week that Chase Edmonds, granted he he wasn't coming off of a great game last week, so his value was a little down, but the Chase Edmonds trade to Denver really had momentum back on his side in terms of perception, you know, perceived value. And we thought that was a great time to try to capitalize because ultimately this is – not a run-first offense, and we thought Jeff Wilson would come right in and basically fill the role that in, this thing would play out exactly the way that the Dolphins had planned it earlier in the season, which is a pretty even split time between the two running backs. We know Wilson's capable. We've seen those two in San Francisco kind of in that configuration um, before. So I always thought it made sense. He's going to come in and basically be the thorn in Mostert's side that everybody thought Edmonds would be. And it looks like that's exactly the case. If your league mates haven't caught on yet, it is a good matchup for uh, It is a good matchup for Miami this week, as we said, the number six matchup at home against Cleveland, a big game total. I think you can and should try to sell Mostert if the value's not there. Wait and see what happens this week and then try again next week. Um, you know, it's just his value. Mostert's... Value was pretty high in recent weeks, you know, relatively speaking, and we urge you to do something. If you didn't, I think maybe you still can, or you might have another opportunity. You need to look at that in your league. Antonio Gibson, I think it's a sim- similar situation with Antonio Gibson. Uh, let's see, the Commanders, they get tough matchup at Philly. And this is number 22 matchup of the week, not terribly tough Antonio Gibson here let's see here we'd been recommending him you know he's the same we had recommended to trade him last week coming off of two 18 point games and half point PPR a little bit of a down week this week um I'm assuming the receptions and the touchdowns just simply weren't there that must have been the difference because the volume doesn't look a lot different let's see here uh, three targets for Antonio Gibson. So that was a little bit down, 58% snap count. I mean, he did, he did lead the running backs in snap count. Brian Robinson out-touched him, though. I mean, it's just a low upside situation and not a horribly low floor situation for Gibson, but, uh, you know, not a great, still a low floor situation. So, you know, can you trade him coming off of a little bit of a down game? 
I'm not sure, you know, we're not going to have as much leeway to pick our timing anymore as this trade season um, starts to wind down. At some point, we're just going to have to, you know, make pull the trigger for a lack of a better term. And you're going to have to choose your timing, you know, so it, maybe it's this week, maybe it's next week, but I think Antonio Gibson, you keep a close eye on what you can do uh, with him. James Conner, you know, we've talked about him on this a podcast. He's got the Rams this week. He's done really nothing from a fantasy perspective. If you look under the hood, he did reclaim like a, I think it was damn near a 70% snap count this last week, which was what everybody was worried about. Everybody was worried that, you know, it was pretty clear Connor was going to be far and away the lead running back in this rotation. More with even more so than it was with Edmonds last year. Um, but when he got injured and Eno came in and did pretty well, you know, I think Daryl Williams is banged up. Keontae Ingram looked a little better than you might have thought, but I don't think the team's been absolutely thrilled with him. So for whatever reason, it looks like even Connor, they only gave him 12 touches. I don't know if he's 100% healthy, but he got the lion's share of the snaps last week. So I don't know if that tells me Connor is a – I think it tells me maybe he's on the buy low side of things again if you can get him for nothing think more than anything, he's probably a hold. Maybe he's a sell if people um, think Connor's back and has reclaimed the role. And, you know, maybe you're not selling him for a lot. But, you know, in my leagues today, I have I have guys like Mostert and James Connor on my bench. I've got a stacked starting lineup. I'm thinking about, you know, looking ahead here. And I'm like, it does me no good to have I, – I really could clear a roster spot from, you know, waiver flexibility and – you know, at least upgrade a little bit versus having two of those guys just rot on my bench. And you know what? I put some, you know, a lot of times here's the other thing, a little trick for the trade, uh, uh, the trade market guys, you got, you can't catch a fish without having some lines in the water. So I went trolling for King mackerel the other day. And I mean, the thing is, is you got to have three, four lines out there if you really want to improve your chances of getting a strike. So, uh, a lot of the, you know, we always say you want to be efficient with your, the motions you go through in a long and arduous fantasy season when you're making trades, uh, you know, get three or four lines in the water, make three, four trade offers, put them out there, see if somebody bites, uh, don't have all your eggs um, in one basket. So I've, I've had to do that today because I'm, you know, I'm like, man, I can't let these guys go to waste, even though their value is not at the pinnacle, Connor and Mostert at this moment. Let's just see what they can fetch. I got Devontae Smith on my bench too. These are good bench players. I don't mind having one or two bench players for a rainy day, but I don't need three, you know. Um, so, you know, I put offers out there for a bunch of guys we'll tell you about next. But, you know, I, people have been getting back to me saying they'll think about it. That those, those are respectable offers. So I don't think the sheen is all the way off in one direction or the other for Mostert or Connor. We're not at max value. I think they could be perceived by lows or, you know, or, or sells depending on, your situation in your league, they may ultimately be holds because we got kind of dynamic forces of similar strength in the opposite directions. But I think they're guys that could be in play in the markets around the fantasy football universe and guys we certainly needed to talk about today. And then last but not least on, you know, the sell or maybe hold side or, you know, you know, what do we do with some of these guys side of things? Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, he's been on here a lot. It's the 26th matchup of the week. Uh, here against uh, the Dallas Cowboys this week. We've told it's been kind of a seesaw with him. Buy him low, sell him high. You know, it depends on what you, depends on what what his, uh, it depends on kind of, you know, what role he was filling for your team. I mean, at this point, I think it's clear you really only want him as a high upside flex player. 41% snap count last week, 11 touches only two targets. It's really been a, a yo-yo situation for Aaron Jones. So, guys, I think Aaron Jones is – he doesn't have a buy until week 14. You know, he had two big games in week seven and eight, but sandwiched between three mediocre games. I think that's – I just think that's what we're going to get. There is – but there's always the specter of some upside with Jones. So, I don't think he's a sell high right now. Um, he might be a buy low. He might be a buy low. I think if you buy him low, you need to buy him to like be a flex, not to be a starter for you. And um, you know he may just be a hold, but another guy we need to watch. I think he'll he's going to be a you know he's going to be a usual suspect on the trade market here. 
uh, down the market. A usual suspect at rosterwatch.com is the disgusting and filthy uh, trash man. Roster Watch Nation has single-handedly brought him out of poverty and despair and as a show of thank you and immense gratitude the trash man has decided to give back to roster watch nation every week of the season with his special feature on sunday night football win the trash man's money at roster watch we won we run a really fun squares pool for you guys it holds up to 100 participants it's all free entry and the trash man gives away free cash prizes every week of the season uh, you can join this week's version of the sunday night football squares pool the trash win trash man's money feature week 10 um, on the ticker at rosterwatch.com we'll have an article posted you can go in there and click the link from your mobile device to join or uh, we will have a tweet that we will send out that will uh, be pinned at the top of our Twitter feed, and certainly you can go there at Rosterwatch. Uh, click the just click the link from your mobile device to join this week's Win the Trash Man's Money Sunday Night Football Squares Pool free entry. We got real cash money on the line. All right, folks, let's turn the page here. Let's see if I can knock this out in 25 minutes. It's going to be a little bit of a turbo. Maybe we don't drill down as much. Maybe we just talk names here. Josh Jacobs has come back to earth the last few weeks. One of the absolute stars, early season stars of fantasy football. Uh, what's the truth with with Josh Jacobs? Probably somewhere in between what we saw, you know, when he at his height and where he's been lately. I think he's a good player that, you know, isn't going to live in the elite stratosphere all season, mostly based on usage and just the ebbs and the flows of that Raiders team. But the fact is, Josh Jacobs looks like an awesome player this year. Uh, he's getting involved in the passing game. Uh, at home against the lowly Indianapolis Colts, it's not a big game total. It's a middling matchup. But you would think this would be a game script that could really favor a Josh Jacobs uh, to get involved early in and often. Um, so, look, I mean, he's in, geez, in standard 20 touches per game for Josh Jacobs, 3.71 targets per game for Josh Jacobs. That was a real game changer. I mean, in standard, I can't believe my eyes. I think he is still the number three, RB3 on the season points per game. Let's see what he is in. RB5 points per game on the season, uh, half point PPR. So, I mean, it's been a great season for Jacobs, but the stock is a little bit down uh, over the last couple of weeks. I think you guys should inspect the situation and look at taking a chance on trading for Josh Jacobs as one of your, you know, one of your, uh, you know, ballistic weapons as we go nuclear down the stretch of the fantasy football season. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I mean, he's really, he's really picked it up uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, a little bit of a down week in week nine. Other than that, it's been gangbusters for the last month before that. I think this is probably our last window to try to buy on Alvin Kamara after an ugly effort by the entire Saints team against uh, the Baltimore Ravens back on Monday night. This week, it's a matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of middling for the Saints. I would, I mean, this is our chance. I mean, we've got a few more weeks, and Alvin Kamara is kind of the top of the mountain. It's been an up and down season, but. I absolutely think that's a calculation that um, I would recommend. You try to go after Alvin Kamara. Uh, see if you can buy him. Naeem Hines. Told you to sell him last week on the back of the hype of getting traded to the Buffalo Bills. And then it was a big stinker. And now I think the pendulum swings all the way the other direction. You know, we always knew logic would dictate that uh, it would take a moment to get integrated into the offense. There's some things swirling around about Josh Allen's health right now. I don't think Naeem Hines is any kind of league winner, but I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, in a deep competitive league or whatnot, maybe if you're in a bind in the next few weeks and you need somebody, like, I think he's got, I think he, I think his value came back down to earth. And now I think that puts it in a situation where there could be a sliver of upside with Naeem Hines, and maybe he can be more the guy that people were getting hyped about last week, but you can pay a normal price um, for him. David Montgomery. It's been pretty ugly for David Montgomery. This is one of the guys I'm, you know, I'm I'm taking my chances. Like I said, I'm willing. You kind of get to this point. You have Mostert, Devontae Smith, Connor on your bench. 
You know, what are you going to do with all those guys? You don't want to just throw them away and make moves to make moves. But, like, you know, a Devontae Smith and a Raheem Mostert for Montgomery, I mean, that might not work out. That might be a stupid trade, but it's like, you know, you're making a little bit of a calculation here that David Montgomery really has the upside to be a pretty, you know, a better player than those two. But he hasn't been lately. It's been a bad couple of weeks. Um Five points a game in the last couple of weeks. Three out of the four, not very last, very good. I mean, the problem is Justin Fields is eating up all the rushing yards. He's eating up all the rushing yards in Chicago. Dave Montgomery, 70% snap count, though. Two targets, 15 touches. Um, Khalil Herbert, 28%, seven touches week nine. I mean, it's really this is really is Dave Montgomery's backfield still. And sometimes you get a rushing quarter like back like this can ultimately open things up. 70% snap week eight, 18 touches, 75 yards, three targets for Montgomery. Montgomery's still got a pretty nice profile the last two weeks. I think that the numbers belie his actual profile, and which means I think there's some value here, and it's not a guarantee. But Dave Montgomery, not top of the mountain, but like top, you know, he's a he's a few rungs up the ladder here from some of the other players that you might roster that you could sell high on. I think Dave Montgomery is a perfectly fine guy to take a chance on here, try to upgrade, even if you have to quote-unquote overpay to some extent, and see what happens. Uh, James Robinson of the New York Jets, I think if you look at the underlying profile, it looks like he's going to get pretty involved pretty quickly to a similar role that he had there uh, in Jacksonville, and uh, you know you're not going crazy over James Robinson. Um, I think he's treat him like as a flex. Maybe maybe he's a guy you get back in a liquidation deal if you are uh, you know desperate to fill holes for a win and need some uh, need a few bodies in return. I think he's somebody to keep an eye on here. Uh, James Robinson is in the week 10 by coming off a pretty good game in week nine, 12 points in fantasy. Like I said, it's similar volume to what we saw in Jacksonville after an ugly week, you know, seven and eight after an ugly, like six weeks really for Robinson. So back to the bye this week, I think that puts his breakout performance last week back on ice and makes him possibly available. Of course, if you're looking for players to win now, that doesn't help you with him on a buy, so I might retract my statement about a liquidation trade for Robinson. This might be, and that's not our, you know, we're really looking for bigger names, but it's not always possible. Maybe this is, maybe this is a uh, consolidation, a lower end consolidation trade we're making this week to stash a guy like Robinson away and clean up the bottom of our roster, clear a, a roster spot for a waiver pickup. You know, take two of your, two of your bench players and see if you can cobble them together for James Robinson this week. I don't hate it. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I think last I saw, it looks like Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's been he's basically lived on this podcast this year, which at some point means he's not a buy low. He is what he is. I tried to make a move from him last for him last week. Um, the trash man almost bit, but you know, true to really the whole theme of trash man's life, even though he's got some a terrible team with points in the gutter somehow somehow he's eked out a bunch of easy wins lowest points against it's just really the story of his life in all facets kind of living on easy streets so he didn't his you know this shows how circumstantial this trade market is Trashman would have made the deal for me Mostert plus Connor last week when there was some allure to kind of the unknown with both of those guys for an Totally injured and out of sight, you know, Jonathan Taylor. And he needed a couple of guys last week. Trashman ended up getting his brains beat out. I don't think it, I'm not sure what it mattered in retrospect had he traded for my two guys, but he thought it was a fair offer. But the point was, he said, my, I don't have a losing record and I'm just trying to kind of swing for the fences here long term. So I get that mindset. And it just shows, though, we always say look for teams with losing record. Had he had been a little bit more of a distressed owner, I think we would have gotten that deal across the finish line, and I certainly would have felt uh, good about it. It sounds like Jonathan Taylor is trending towards a a return this week at Las Vegas. So, you know, they've had whoever's had him has had to bite the bullet on him for a long time, but he's basically been no good other than week one this season. It's been a horrible season for Jonathan Taylor. You know, I don't know how many more cracks we'll get. I don't know exactly his situation since he looks like he's going to return this week, but. You know, you would think this is going to be a run-first offense given everything that's going on in Indianapolis. 
I think he should, if he's healthy, he's going to get big volume down the stretch. I think you still take a crack and see what's going on with Jonathan Taylor in your league. That could be a real difference maker down the stretch. And if it doesn't work out, like you don't lose sleep. You went for you went for the gusto, and I mean that's you can be proud of yourself for that. DeAndre Swift of the Lions. You know they're saying they don't think he's really fully healthy. Um, he returned last week. Uh, it wasn't a big game for Swift. As a matter of fact, it was, let's see here, DeAndre Swift was 55% snap count, 10 touches, 5 targets, 33 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, it's really not been good for Swift, I mean, even in the return. As they're saying, they don't think he's fully healthy. He's not getting his full complement of plays. Unclear when he'll be fully healthy. I mean, my gut tells me that he could surprise us and start regaining his role sooner than later. But you don't like to hear that he's not healthy, and you don't really want to trade for injured players too much at this point in the season. But I think it's like a calculated risk. He's playing. Logic dictates he's probably then on the trajectory towards getting better. Jamal Williams has really been a big looming shadow over DeAndre Swift. And really, same as Taylor other than week one, I guess week one and week two, it's been a horrible season for DeAndre Swift, mostly because he's been gone. So certainly, you know, another six and a half point effort last week, nothing good. I mean, he's, he, by definition, he has to be somewhat available in leagues. Um, there's some risk of associated there, but we've seen Swift, the upside, especially in any kind of PPR format. He's a guy I like to take my chances on. Um, you know, what fun would it be if we just went through the motions all season and didn't take any chances? We need some adventure and some excitement in our life. I think DeAndre Swift in a uh, fantasy football trade, if you acquire DeAndre Swift as a winning team, I think could be quite the adventure if he's on your bench or in your flex spot uh, heading into the fantasy football playoffs. J.K. Dobbins, an ugly running back situation in Baltimore. I think you guys should just look into it. It sounds like he's going to be back sooner than later. His latest procedure went well. I mean, Kenyon Drake's been pretty good. Uh, Gus Edwards has been okay, but kind of hurt. I think that's mostly a running back by committee you want to stay away from. But J.K. Dobbins, enough acclaim. Probably people very low on the situation right now. Um, I think he's an interesting guy to maybe stash if you're looking at you know, maybe more of a middling deal than a than a blockbuster for the biggest names in fantasy. One of the biggest names in fantasy that I'd be willing to overpay in a massive blockbuster for right now is Saquon Barkley. You're not going to buy low on him coming off the buy. It's been an excellent season. I mean, hell, he's RB3 on the season, half points per game PPR. But there hadn't been a lot of monster games. And over the last month, Barkley has been RB16. And... That's really incongruent with his RB3 status on the season. Um, I think it creates a little bit of a lowered perception around Saquon Barkley than really what he is. So even if you can buy a half a tick low on Saquon Barkley, or maybe not at all, even if you could just buy on him, I would overpay in a blockbuster for Saquon Saquon Barkley this week uh, while it's still feasible. All right, folks, we got about 10 more minutes here, so I think I'm going to have to just kind of buzz through the rest of this list, and we won't be able to get quite as in-depth, but you guys have learned here how to think about these things and to do your own research, and some of this is timing, and some of this is circumstantial, but later in the season, this is also about being deliberate and proactive and taking action, and that's what I am suggesting because we've got a couple of weeks left here to either fill needs to get wins now and get off the playoff bubble or to uh, really arm up our team uh, for the uh, spectacular fantasy football playoff run down the stretch. Debo Samuel, no guarantees uh, with what his performance will be the rest of the way. He's basically been like kind of a wide receiver two, a middling wide receiver two. The targets are down. Certainly worried about the emergence of Ayuk. Certainly worried about Christian McCaffrey eating into a good portion of the role that Debo Samuel has maintained in recent years. And, you know, really he's been a little injured. And even having Garoppolo back in the picture just didn't make him pop the way you would think. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what you're getting in return with Debo, but we know he's a great player on a good team and we've seen his upside um, buys in the rearview mirror. Look, his owners have eaten the buy now and the injury. You're not going to 
get him for cheap. But I don't think he's an untouchable at this point, which means that um, you know we're we're never too shy to at least ask about a player like uh, Debo Samuel. I would recommend uh, that you do as well this week, Debo Samuel. Versus the Los Angeles Chargers, let's just tell you, I'd like to know really quick. It's been, I mean, I think it's only been like eight targets a game for Debo Samuel this year. Let's just see here, and then we'll, he's an important player, so we'll just double check, check this. Uh, Debo Samuel, yeah, it's, uh, 7.71 targets per game. That's worrisome, but still, I think we... Uh, we take our chances here. Amon Ross St. Brown. This is a player we talked about last week. Like, I really like the concept of buying low on Amon Ross St. Brown uh, right now in the post uh, TJ Hawkinson era here in Detroit. It's a middling matchup at Chicago this week, but God, we saw the Dolphins wide receivers feast in that same matchup at Chicago last week. Big game total. Um, I really, really like going after St. Brown. Let's see here. He has buy in the rearview mirror. Only coming off a seven and a half point game, guys, but in a, in a 10 point game in week eight. I, the, the opportunities here, you got to strike while iron's hot. This will not last long. He'd really 10 targets a game in the last few weeks. Um, I think we have a chance to see him return to kind of that early season, which is going to be like high end, you know, big upside wide receiver, too. If you can buy him for anything less than that right now, I absolutely recommend that you should. Devontae Smith is interesting. I think you can buy low on him. And again, he's a he's a flex. He's a wide he's a high upside wide receiver three in a good offense, is exactly what he is. He's more of a guy you'd get in a liquidation trade right now to fill a couple of spots. You can buy low on him, I think, because he's coming off of two very middling performances in the target volume. Was down, but on the other hand, like I'm noticing in my trade market today, even though his value is down the last couple games, his performances fantasy wise, his value is still halfway decent because people value him, his name. He was a big time, you know, first top 10 draft pick, Heisman guy on a great offense. They've seen him flash big. So, you know, that just goes to show that sometimes perception, there's a lot that goes into perception. And uh, you have to kind of understand perception more than even the numbers when it comes to what are the value on the trade market. So Devontae Smith, actually today I learned, still has marketability on the sell side of the market. That could be the way that things go for you if you just need to get things done and that's the player, one of the players that you have and you can't afford to wait anymore on timing like for a big game to try to sell him off of that. I think you're still in decent position, but my view is he's He's more than likely a good buying opportunity for some teams out there. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, folks, wide receivers, injured wide receivers for the Chargers, out of sight, out of mind, injured. We always talk about injuries creating kind of an artificial opportunity to buy low on good players. I think that we have that opportunity here with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. It's not a foolproof airtight uh, strategy or you know pl- maniacal plan, but... You know, if you can get a good price on Williams or Keenan Allen here down the stretch, I think you should trade for him. Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, we told you to sell them last week because of Sam Ellinger coming in. I think that's still absolutely the case. Um, but I am wondering if Jeff Saturday is going to put Matt Ryan back in the starting lineup. If you start to get a sneaky feeling that that could happen, then all of a sudden I think Pittman have gone from, you know, their value is if Pittman and Campbell's values plummets in the in the midst of this process, they all of a sudden could be these are low priority guys, but they could be sneaky buy guys if you get the feeling that Matt Ryan may return because certainly their value is on the downslide right now, especially Pittman. Uh, same with Paris Campbell, Mark Andrews. He's hurt at the tight end position, and the Ravens are on a buy. Um. You know, you're never going to rip anybody off like we always say for Mark Andrews, but he's a, I mean, he's a elite player. That's a he's a league winning type player at the fantasy football position uh, position at the tight end position in fantasy football. Um, you know, I think there's a situation where he could have a distressed owner at the moment. And that me that's enough incentive for me to look at what's going on uh, with Mark Andrews in my league and look and see if there's a deal to put in place 
at the tight end position for Mark Andrews. That could put you over the top for a fantasy football championship. Jamar Chase, same thing, still injured in Cincinnati. I mean, we don't love trading for injured players. You hear about a hip issue. That's ugly for a wide receiver, but he stayed off IR. Um, Every week we're getting presumably closer to a return. I think his value, we're kind of meeting like his value goes down a little bit too as his owners are struggling through the first portion of his absence. Um, but in that said, there's it's he's also getting closer to coming back. Um, so, you know, I think he's a guy you... Jamar Chase is a guy you... It's paramount that you absolutely this week go and find out what's going on with Jamar Chase on the trade market in your fantasy football league. Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns... You know, last week was the week to do it when they were on bye. We talked about it. But, you know, if you couldn't get done last week, I think you take one last look at maybe trading for some Browns players with the idea that Deshaun Watson is coming back soon and that their value could skyrocket, especially David Njoku and Amari Cooper. I think that's a sharp, creative thing to do um, if you have league mates who aren't as dialed in as you are. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think you can get all these guys still. I wouldn't say it's a mandate, but I think they're all available and decent guys to trade for. Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, all guys that can be had this week on the fantasy football trade market. They could be difference makers down the stretch, uh, You know, maybe as flex-type players on your fantasy football team. Remember, folks, look for injuries. Look at the bye weeks. These create artificial purchasing situations on good players. We have Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England and the New York Jets all on uh, by this week. And uh, I guess that makes it time for me to say goodbye uh, for this week until the week 11 edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast right here next week. Uh, best wishes and be well, folks. We got to